This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Live from the Bulldog Radio Studio, we are back. The most valuable sports podcast in the house. Once again, Brandon Wirth, as always, joined by my co-host Joe Nagy to cover what has been... I'm still like not fully recovered from the chaos that happened over this last weekend joe are you i know i still have uh some if you if you catch me being a little more soft-spoken today i still have some voice cracks (laughs) from the weekend coming through which is crazy since that was like four days ago that that all went down but my voice was just absolutely dead saturday night and then going into saturday monday i've just been drained but i'm ready to talk about it it's gonna be a great it was a great weekend for fair sports love to see it and then uh you know, got some great sports to talk about today, too. I mean, we're going to dive into the NHL, which we haven't talked about oh, in yeah, a while. Baby. Got the MV3 returning. Uh-huh. You know, it's going to be a great one. It's going to be a great one. Yeah. Hockey started, y'all. Not just Ferris State hockey, but professional. The big show. NHL. The big show. Absolutely. We're going to get into all that. But first, shout out to Eagle Village, one of our podcast partners. They're a great organization that is close by. If you want to learn more about employment opportunities, make sure you can go visit them, eaglevillage.org, Eagle Village, where potential source. Going right into Ferris State Sports Report, we'll start with a big one. Two words. Anchor down. You know it, baby. We got Grand Valley with a win at Lubbers, 35-28. to What an absolutely great game, Joe. Absolutely tell fantastic. You what, I got a little scared a little bit. We were up, what was it? 28-7, and I thought, like, wow, we're going to absolutely stomp them, I think. But then they started to come back a little bit, which was a little bit scary, but, you know, we ended up shutting the door and then got the went to victory formation with about a minute left, which was awesome to see. And just, you know, it was just great to see all the Grand Valley fans leave at, like, three minutes because they knew the game was over, mm-hmm. and I knew the game was over, too, and that was just a great sight to see. But it was absolutely insane. It was great football. I mean, we had an interception on the opening drive, a 99-yard fumble recovery that we scored for a touchdown. It was just a great time to be to be a fan. I mean, I was chirping Grand Valley people that were next to me. They were chirping <laughs> me back. My voice was gone. I was having a blast. I was with some buddies, and we were able to just kind of have – you know, just let loose a little bit. It was just mm-hmm. an awesome experience. I mean, it was a record-setting uh, attendance for Lover Stadium. 17,000 and what, nine? 17,007 was 17,007 people at that stadium, which was absolutely electric. You could tell that, like, our team was... I think our team was, like, struggling at first because we had that one spot where we were down right by their student section, and we were off. What was it, offsides like five times in a row? We were fall we false started we, oh yeah, four false, consecutive false started plays. Four consecutive plays just because it was so loud. Mm-hmm. But hey, we were able to score on that drive, so it was no big were we able to score on that drive? Yeah. I think so. No, I don't know. We might have got down to like the thirty, but we scored on the following drive, so it doesn't even matter. And we got the W, so it yeah. doesn't even, not even a big deal. But Jared Jared Bernhardt got what is it, offense player of the week. Yep. Cybarnet got special teams player of the week. Yep. And then who got Defensive Player of the Week? Alex Thomas. Alex Thomas. So clean sweep for Ferris State football. Love to see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, what better way to go into an opposing team's stadium in front of a record crowd and just go in with the mindset of, this is still us. It's business trip. There's nothing really else to it. And like, you know what? We got the business done because you know what? We're number one in the nation. We are. First time. And, and what was it? Program history. Yes. First time, baby. 
Yes, number one. Thank you to West Georgia. We appreciate your services knocking off West Florida. We're much appreciated. <laughs> um, that is the reason we got bumped up to number one over West Florida, who also beat us in the semifinals uh, last year, or two years, two ago, years ago, excuse me, last time we played football a year ago. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. 17,000 fans. I was up in the box for the first half of the game. Um, kind of got sick of the Grand Valley media. Not, nothing against them, but, you know, obviously it's Grand Valley. I mean, once yeah. the, the fumble, the interception, there's a lot of bickering, there's some complaining. Here's the thing. I apologize for cutting you off, but if you watch the replay, it's not the greatest angle, but you can tell that the ball is out before he crosses the line. It's pretty blatantly clear. Mm-hmm. But all of the Grand Valley fans and even, and even like the – I read an article or like a recap of the game on their website, mm-hmm. and they were. I know where I, you're going with this. I'm not gonna this. lie. I'm not gonna lie. A little unprofessional, mm. but I'm not gonna say nothing. It was a li- They were saying like it was clear. They were arguing with it in like the recap, which I didn't really like to see, especially seeing it was like a university sanctioned like recap on their athletic website. But regardless, what are you gonna do about it? We won. No big deal. We're just better. You got to deal with it. Yeah. They're but, just salty, man. And like, there's just a lot of things. And here's the thing about that, okay? You can't even be mad when the rest were clearly on your side when there was at least 10 holding calls that didn't get called. We were, there were, I saw with my own eyes, like seven times where our guys were getting yanked down by the jersey. Our, our D linemen were getting yanked down by the jersey, couldn't even get around these guys, who they were obviously going to be able to beat anyways. They got around them so many times, pressured the quarterback, but the only reason that they, their quarterback was able to scramble and get around is because these guys were getting tugged down. There was at least four or five pass interference calls that should have gone our way that didn't. It wasn't until the end of the end of the second End of the third, pe- third, third period. Quarter. Third quarter. Sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> it wasn't until the end of the third quarter where we actually got a pass interference in our favor that got us the first down. It wasn't even the, the ref that was right next to the plate. It was the back judge who called it. If that shows you how bad this refing, how bad this uh, refing squad was. They were just bad. And the thing is, that always happens when you play Grand Valley. It doesn't matter. I've talked to friends from Saginaw Valley. I've talked to friends from Michigan Tech. I've talked to friends from Northern Michigan who have gone to see their high, their universities play Grand Valley. It always happens. Grand Valley's rest are biased, and you cannot change my mind about that. Tell us how you really feel, Joe. <laughs> Holy cow. No. There was um, some... Always p- happens. There was some plays in the third quarter, and I don't... I mean, I'm not going to, like, play the full card of we got, like, screwed maybe to the extent that you did. There were some times they missed, and I was on the side. A lot of times they missed. I was on the sideline with that play you were talking in particular of the pass interference, and I don't know how many of us staff, like, not even fans, like, staff were on the sideline absolutely screaming. I could see Anise getting pretty pretty heated. Yeah, and then the back judge threw the flag, and I remember I was talking to uh, one of our videographers. I was like, yeah, or um, he was like, "Man, that's a crazy call." And I was like, "Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to go home tonight if he doesn't throw that flag. Somebody's yeah. gonna find him in the parking lot." But no, I mean, it was a fantastic game. The energy level was there from the opening snap. I mean, just a pack. It was crazy. It's just insane. I mean, the noise level was electric, 
and it really never stopped. I mean, really until like third, three minutes left in the game yeah. where everybody started leaving. But so many big plays. I mean, Xavier Wade on that touchdown pass, or touchdown catch, I should say, from Bernhardt, where he literally ripped it out of that the defender's hands. I Tyrese mean, Hunt Thompson mossed the kid. Yep, he, that was absolutely epic. So the big plays were there, just as we were predicting in our preview. We knew it was going to happen. It was coming. We spoke hey, it into Grand, existence. Grand Valley tried to run the ball, too. I'll tell you a funny thing. I love getting chirped. I love getting <laughs> chirped. Me too. It doesn't, like, I'm not an athlete or anything, but, like, in the stands, I was getting chirped by this guy. Like, he was on scoreboard when Grand Valley scored first, and I was like, okay, no big deal. We go up 28-7. I'm like, hey, buddy, you, you lose your voice over there already? <laughs> you, you go too hard in the first quarter that you're already, you're already too quiet over there? Ooh. When I was walking back to my car, there are people who were saying that Ferris has a poverty hockey team. And I said, buddy, your D3 team, your varsity D3 team plays our club team. So call us when you actually go, get a D1 team. Call us when you actually go D1 because you're too scared to go D1 even though you have the people, the amount of people, the money, the athletics, you have it, but you're too scared to go D1. Yeah, this rivalry, there's like there's like no shade thrown. No, I'm just kidding. That's absolute blasphemous. We don't like each other, and that's fair. There's a, I have mutual friends from Grand Valley and I we understand we understand the beef that's going on because you know when it comes to anchor bone, some of the friendships take a backseat. It's for the university. And of course we got it done and uh, you know, with the chirping part, it comes down to this. Yeah. They hate us. Because they ain't us. That's true. That's what it is. But I'll tell you what, though. Last point about the game. Go ahead. Is I was I wasn't surprised, but I was really happy to see how well the Ferris like fans traveled. Because mm-hmm. like we were we were keeping up, we were electric, we were loud, we were starting chants, we were getting crazy, and I think that's one thing that really helped us stay into it. Is like when there was big plays, we let our guys know that we were behind them. I think that's the one big thing is for a lot of these other teams like. Uh, you know, that might not travel as well or that might be a little bit... I mean, we're only an hour away, but it's still, like, it's tough probably for those teams that come in there. They're not going to have the type of fan support that, you know, I don't think a lot of... I don't think people... Other schools can match Ferris's fan support when it comes to traveling, especially for, like, close games like that Mm -hmm. because that's just something else that, like... I don't know. It was just something else to see how how many people that were there, how many people that were on their feet. I saw President Eisler there. He was sitting amongst the crowd. He was, yeah. He was in the attendance. I met Dave. Big day. <laughs> what Love a Dave. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic game. Bernhardt, his first game back, was he was great. I mean, 12 of 16, 217, two touchdowns. Yeah, how about it? Taking, what, four weeks, three weeks off? Pretty much three, three weeks uh, off. Almost four weeks yeah. off, yeah. And, and then coming back with an offensive player of the week type performance, incredible. Yeah. And the funniest thing, I uh, I was talking to a friend after this and uh, after the game kind of over this weekend, he was like, you know, it's isn't it crazy that we played – we had a record-breaking quarterback that threw over 500 yards, and the next week he didn't take a single snap. You know what I said to him? Welcome to Ferris State. Yeah. That's how it goes. It was Vandalon was in attendance, too. You yeah. see that? I, he was in attendance, and he was in attendance for a good reason, for yeah. watch the dogs win. Oh, um, yeah. Bernhardt also added 116 yards on the ground. He was, he, was, he was the guy running the ball a lot of the times. Minor added 40 yards, two touchdowns. C.J. Jefferson had 68 yards receiving. Wade, 67 and a touchdown. Tyrese on Thompson, 43 yards and a touchdown. Marcus Taylor also had three catches for 39 yards. And don't forget Sam Gurdott with an 18-yard catch and the fake field goal. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. You were that about to bring saved it. us. I think that saved us the game right there, that, was, that play. What a it, gutsy call. I know, dude. Unreal. But what were we for? Fourth and five or something like that. We were I in. We were within like the. That. We were we in the fifteen yard line. We were in the red zone. We were in the red zone. We were right around the red zone. In the red zone. 
And I was like, okay, if we kick it here, we'll still be up two scores. It'll be a little bit closer, but our defense can hold them. Our offense has time to score another one and be able to take control. But when I saw Malik go out there, and I was like, something's, something's brewing. Something's <laughs> brewing. And my buddy Keegan was just like, it's going to be a fake field goal. It's going to be a fake <laughs> field goal. They're going to run it out. And when Malik threw it, I was like, oh, what a pass that was. And I thought he was just going to run it in because he had a little bit of space. Yeah, but I, then he didn't really cut at all. He just kept going he, out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is this going to happen? Pass. Is this going to happen? <laughs> it's a double pass. And then he threw it to our number nine. Oh, dude. Number, that nine, was oh. number 99. The big man, dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we did. What a play. He had a great catch, too. Diving to... Oh, my gosh. What an insane... What a, what that saved the game play. too. That play started. That was on the twenty yard line, exactly on the red zone. Yeah. Oh man. Oh my gosh. What a gutsy call by Anise. And one of the responses we had on our Instagram. Also, if you don't follow us on Instagram, what are you doing? Follow us at the MVSP right now, so you can tell us what you want to hear on the show. We had a response from our friends over at Ferris Hockey that said they wanted to hear us talk about. Harrison Watselli after Gerdo's big man catch, and I will be completely honest and say. I didn't see it. I was in so hype he in the moment, down crazy. in the red zone, trying to take pictures. I saw Harrison a couple times. I did. I was with him on the sideline for like at least 10, 15 minutes of the like the all the core, like the whole second half, and that was a moment I wasn't next to him. I was next to our buddy Barrett Jones and the other yeah. videographers and photographers down at the, down our the bo- twenty. Our boss was electric <laughs> so on Saturday. I, I, electric. Yeah, I mean, I guess I missed him. Sorry, Harrison. I guess we have to we have to <laughs> find out more Harrison. information. Yeah. So I guess there's no, some, love to see it something though. there also. But yeah, shout out to our fan Anthony as well for t- telling us to cover this game because of course it needs to be covered and of course it will because it was absolutely amazing. The biggest game of the year, my, other than the national championship. Yeah, my favorite college game that I've it, ever went to, hands down. Probably when we make it to the national championship. In D2, I should say. I said uh, when we make it to the national championship, you're gonna go down to McKinney. Oh yeah. You me too. Me? Let's go. We gotta get there I first, I'll, though. I don't Let's know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'll go on the on the bus or if I'll like drive myself. I was still thinking about that same thing. But hey, one step the bus, at a time. You get a hotel, like you pay and you get the hotel. Yes, I want a hotel. Yeah, I would want a hotel too. Yeah, I do have family in Texas, though. You do? I don't know. Are they I don't near know. McKinney? I don't know. Not, I don't think McKinney, though. Anyway. anyway but, yeah. yes. Anyways. We go to 6-0. and Next, we're going to be at Tech on Saturday, I think 3.30, something like that. Yep. But if you do happen to make the drive, cool. If you don't, you can root us on. It's un- can... understandable that you don't want to make the nine-hour drive. Yeah, it's tough. But you can't watch Ferris, online. Ferris travels well, but it's also a... It's also understandable distance of what we have to travel. Yeah, that's true. But you can hear the action online on the radio as well. Rob Bentley, Sandy Golston, calling the action. They had some great calls on that game, especially on that fake field goal. It was pretty cool. But anyway, moving over to soccer. Another soccer. big win on yeah soccer um, on Sunday oh, on Senior Day. Five zip over Parkside is expected. Great way to cap off a senior day, Joe. You were at this game, were you yep, not? I was yeah. covering it for the uh, for the torch. Correct. Yeah. So I had to film it. Yeah, I was unfortunately out of town for Sunday, but I mean, what I heard was kind of back to the old Ferris State, pounding shots on net and getting yeah. them it in was the phys- net. Yeah, physical. Finally, being able to like get back to and really let some shots fly. I mean, we had 37, 20 on net. I mean, you gotta give credit Ooh. to you gotta give credit to uh, I forget what her name was. Uh, um, Parkside's a goalkeeper, but she had, I think it was like 15 saves or something like that. So she definitely was able to put oh, on. A, oh, oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Um, It's it's something with a, I think it's something with a G. Izzy Geyer. Izzy Geyer, yeah, I think her. is who it was. Yes. Uh, yeah, she put on absolute clinic, but, you know, we just put a little bit too much on her and 
Uh, we were able to score a lot, and that was something crazy to see too. Just like we were able to get back to it because I mean we had three out of our last four games going to overtime. We didn't really look like the same fair state, but we were able to get the wins and, and the ties, but we just didn't really look like the same of when we started out, and I think this game's really going to be great for when we go on to you know later games. We have only a couple left, and we have Grand Valley for our last game of the, I think our last game of the season, am I not, if I'm not mistaken. Grand Valley is our last yeah. regular season game. Yeah, Grand Valley is our last regular season game. We got some tough opponents, and we got Davenport, uh, Davenport coming up, uh, Michigan Tech, who we... Uh, Northwood as well. Beat. Mm-hmm. And then we got, uh, yeah, Northwood as well, which is going to be a great one. This game really is a pretty good turning point. It's able to get us back in the groove, and I think it's going to be pretty pretty solid uh, for when we have to face these last five games of the season. Yeah, I know. I mean, we got to get some new players in as well. Um, I mean, um, Daria got to step out between the posts so at the near the end of the game. Lauren got a chance to play for 13 minutes, which was always which was great. I mean, obviously, you want to get experience in these type of games where, for sure. um, like, send the seniors out in style and let them enjoy the moment. I think that was really cool. Um, and, of course, that's what you want on a senior day. That's what you want to remember on your last time on your home field. Potentially, obviously, it wasn't ours, but, I mean, it was the perfect day for it. But, I mean, yeah, I think it it was great. Um, I mean, Grace Verhage scoring off that cross and to start the game. Just, I, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, yes, let's go. Set up plays. This is what we want to see. Um, and then Pia, obviously, Grace scoring again later. Jesse Bandyke and um, Sarah Kittness as well scoring. Um, it was great. I mean, just seeing our offense kind of back to where we were. I mean, we had that little struggle on Friday where it just seemed like we couldn't quite get it, just couldn't quite get it past for some of the time, and then finally broke away and, and double overtime against Northern. Um, I mean, that was a big win. I, I was a little nervous when I was looking at the score, and it was just still knotted up, uh, one one two two. I'm like, well, I don't like where this is going this kind of reminds me of Finley and we don't like talking about that game for a reason but ended up getting it done Lindsay Cole with the OT winner 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 chicken dinner to send us with a W and send Northern Michigan home on a long long ride home I feel bad for them that's a tough one that was probably a tough one that's like yeah, especially just having the have that long bus ride that's going to be on your mind the whole the oh, whole yeah. ride up. I mean, it was it's it was back and forth the whole time. It was getting really chippy. I mean, the girls were getting super aggressive. There was a lot of fouls near the end, but they were able to just really come in come out hard and be able to match us. I mean, they had us on the ropes for a yeah. little bit, but wasn't we were able to kind of like, battle back pretty 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 hard. Yeah, wasn't there like 25 plus fouls or something? I'll come yeah. look up the 28 there fouls. There was 28 fouls in that game. 28 that yeah. when you said chippy i think that was might have been an understatement but i mean still it was a great game and i think that what i like the most is um after northern went up um in the kind of the beginning of the second like halfway through the second half um when they ended up scoring i think it was, yeah, uh, it was like 2-1 yeah it was yeah. 2-1 and that not even the minute later we ended up with the equalizer i love seeing that and here's why when it comes to sports that are with really kind of these um, tough standards of like um, I guess you could say of um, of open I guess the word I'm trying to think of is kind of more like open field sports of like soccer hockey kind of for example there's the ability to get hot pretty fast is what you are mean, not necessarily deal? okay here's what I'll try to explain when you're playing like soccer for example and I know I've had experience with, and I'm sure you have too Joe with your hockey or your soccer experience as well and hockey experience too when you get into uh, really kind of a goals game I guess more I'm thinking about it you know, when I was describing it but just this can go in all sports in general though yeah. but I know especially with soccer with the field so big and with 
everything coming down to the tiniest of details within the game. There's so many times when somebody else scores, like when you kind of put your head down, the field the field starts feeling a lot bigger. Like you start yeah. to be a and little bit lackadaisical. It starts to slow down a little bit. Yeah, you know? like and your decision to, making starts to get. You start to second guess a little bit. Yes, and I and mean you said it already before a couple times. Like it, that first like five minutes after after a goal is scored exactly. is really when it's going to be the decision decision or the deciding factor if you're going to be able to answer it or not. And I mean that's what we were really able to do both times. I mean the first half we didn't score for I think another like. 15 minutes or so mm-hmm. but regardless we were able to kind of keep the pressure on we were able to keep the shots coming and being able to like have their defense stay on their toes a little bit i mean we let the goal go up uh early in the second half but then yeah we answer right back and i think that's the one main reason why we we're able to win that game and kind of keep it in it because i think once you could kind of see it once northern scored that goal they were like all right like we got it like it's 2-1 it's second half we're leading we can kind of it just seemed like they let off the brakes a little bit, and we were able to just really take advantage of that. And then once it came into double OT, it was just stars lined. And we were able to – and that's when, really when we started kind of pressuring the box a little bit. And little by little, we were able to chip away and get the goal. Yeah, and the fact that we responded in that moment and really took out – because you're right, like Northern in that scenario with the advantage, like you should start using the whole field, and you need to start like wasting yeah. time. I mean, yeah, you have – to do it for 25 you but you got to do it you have yeah. to do it like you, you have to be in the position bit. against an offensive team like us to be able to waste time and that 5 minutes that you were just talking about just feels so long and i think just the fact that we were able to put our foot back on the gas get back in front and even it up so quickly just shows how resilient this team is and it was really a, i mean we gritted it out all the way until the final 5 minutes when Lindsay Cole eventually scored the game winner and it was it's a huge it's a huge momentum swing because then it goes into Parkside it's a rollover and now we go in to really the the thick of it as you would say in TikTok mm-hmm. form the thick of it but I mean right now what are you doing like that reference I just laugh about it it's funny <laughs> yeah but Northwest on deck um, should be pretty similar as long as we don't well don't take our foot off the gas we should be fine because um, really i think we're looking tech northwood davenport gv like you just said those are the big four games northwestern might be overlooked a little bit but don't overlook too hard we've seen that happen before in a lot of sports so mm-hmm. you can make sure to check that uh check them out on friday at 1 p.m i believe is kickoff time yes 1 p.m friday at home purdue northwest be there be square to check out fair state women's soccer moving on over into volleyball tournament action same as regular season came, action. Came and dominated. That's Absolutely all I phenomenal. We did, unfortunately, break our streak um, yeah. of consecutive sets, but as Coach Tia would say, we don't care. Yeah, they that's don't fine. care. You know? It's a win in the book, and that's all that matters. That play, this game, this set, this moment, let's go. And that's exactly what they did. So three straight sweep at the Midwest Region crossover, took down Lindenwood Friday, three zip, Finley, three zip, and then Missouri St. Louis. Got us with one, but we still won three to one. Fantastic. They're still playing as good mm-hmm. as they have been. I'm not even looking at the one set. That game, that set really was not I guess you could kind of like disregard it just because like the the in reality, I mean it was so like it was so close as it was. It was twenty five twenty three at the very beginning. And I think just the fact that we kind of got that out of the way, I was like, okay, we can settle back in. We're fine. And Missouri-St. Louis is a good team. They had 15 wins on the year as well. So I think, like, just the fact, like, we took down a lot of these ranked teams just speaks to where we're we're in the – we're eight – 
top competitor in this division. It doesn't matter what the record is. And I think we just proved that more and more going up against some of these Really, like, these are not, like, just regular non-conference opponents, you could say. Like, Lindenwood's 10-6. and 6. Finley, I believe, was somewhere in the ballpark of 11-5, and 12-4 range. And then I just mentioned Missouri-St. Louis was 15-5. and 5. Like, these yeah. are re- legitimate GLVC um, and other conference teams. So, the fact that we took care of business, move on, speaks to this team, especially going on the road to Indiana. And also, GLIAC, they did fantastic. Yeah, we clean. I was overall. about to say, we... We kind of cleaned up a little bit, just kind of looking through. I mean, we had a couple of defeats here and there, but I mean, I mean, first day. I mean, Northern Michigan wins. Uh, yeah, Northern Michigan wins. I mean, Purdue Northwest did lose, but I mean, second day, Michigan Tech won. We won. Grand Valley won. Uh, you know, and then like as it as it went on, it's you you really saw a Gleak team lose. That was really great to see. And I mean, Katie O'Connell too made the Gleak. Uh, Black first team of the tournament too, so that was pretty That's good. That's correct. See. Yeah, and then she also got player of the week as well, and then for good reason. She's one of the heart and soul of the team and really has made a huge impact with this program and it's been fantastic to see has but a rocket of a spike arm. Oh my gosh, yeah. I wouldn't so want to stand in front of one of those, let me tell you. I remember the first game I like came to or whatever. Because like I hadn't been to a volleyball game before this year, but I had to cover it for uh, athletics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like as they were warming up, I was like I saw everyone go through. I was like, okay, that's pretty hard spike. Like, okay, that's pretty good. And, and then Katie O'Connell comes up, just jumps out of the gym and just smokes it. And I'm like, holy crap. That was... <laughs> Look I, out. That's, holy crap. Like, that's all I got to say. Yeah. That was insane. Comes off differently, doesn't it? It's crazy. But, um, I mean, gonna, like, looking overall at some of these games, it's kind of hard to judge, like, a tournament altogether just because every game was different. I mean, playing three days in a like, three days in a row is definitely tough on your body, but... Uh, I think the biggest thing is we stayed consistent pretty much the entire the entire tournament the whole weekend. Like we stayed pretty consistent with our hitting percentage, didn't make a lot of errors, um, and really, I mean, like we didn't really give away that first set against St. Louis. St. Louis just got us like at the very end. They had they had their one of their best hitting percentages in on that whole tournament against yeah. them. So I mean, and we stayed right there, and we even gave it to them the last set and really put put it away to go home early twenty five twelve. So I think the fact of having to see everybody involved as well makes it great because I mean we talk about a lot of the players that really are those key contributors like we mentioned with Katie but there's other that are really contributing Kiera Merkel is coming on really well Keona Salesman has been red hot um, Henneman Dulape as well and I mean the role players are doing their thing like they we don't need to like keep going over stats and stats obviously we do because we know you guys love to hear them but like there is more to the game than just the statistics and it's more than what they do because like, Katie O'Connell obviously racks up stats, but she, like, I mean, we know her for her kills, right? I mean, she has mm-hmm. a rocket of an arm, quote-unquote from Joe, but he has eight digs in the Finley game. Like, she's in the back row doing some of the dirty work yeah. with Nina. And she's all come, over. Yeah, like, they're doing the job. Brooke Norder does that same kind of a role as well. So, seeing everybody contributing in some way, shape, or form makes it great because we don't want to just rely on three or four players. Like, we've seen some teams do that. Like, Parkside's one of them. They have one electric player, but other than that, they don't have a lot of counterweight. They didn't have a lot of people that really could step up and really make a a game-changer difference. Correct. So, it was just crazy. But, I mean, the fact of we went to um, the four sets um, in the last game against Missouri-St. Louis, Kira Merkel and Katie O'Connell had 43... kills with over 40 40 hitting or kill percentage 40 percent 
that's bonkers. Just wanted to throw that out there because that was something that I noticed on there. And I was like, man, I want to share that because I don't think some people realize how hard that is to do. Get 20 plus kills, but with still 40%. I mean, red hot, absolutely on fire Mm -hmm. and fuego. So, I mean, right now they're in a good spot. Right now we're sitting, I believe, overall 14 and 4, 6 and 2 in conference play, of course. And we'll be back in conference play coming up. Um, No, I lied. We're one away. We play Kalamazoo on Wednesday, but we'll be yep. back against Northwood on Saturday. And Lake Superior State on Sunday. Correct. It's going to be a loaded Busy weekend. weekend for us that are going to be working athletics. Let me tell you what. Yeah. I'll be with you on Sunday. Oh, you are? Okay. Because I think got to work all three. going to cross country on Saturday, it's Gleax week, baby. hey It's Gleax week. We're going run to fast, Saginaw. Going to be fun. Yeah, but that's the finish goal. Fast. Start fast, run fast, finish fast. Um, gonna, it's really going to be a fun one. I mean, we're looking forward to it. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of great contributors on this team so far. And a lot of like a lot of the freshmen have stepped up really well. Nathan Alford, Noah Griffith have been on a great job, and all the other freshmen do as well. I mean, really looking at going into this meet, there's there's a I mean, one our conference is one of the best in Division Two, if not the best, is when it comes to cross country, and that's a given. And I mean, you're competing against the best of the best, and we're excited to do that. And I mean, especially being on a course that's going to be really flat. I mean, Saginaw, you know, primarily farmland, you could say. So um, that's Ooh, shots fired. I mean, technically, we wow, are also kind okay. of farmland. Wow, okay, not too heavy. I mean, come I on. I mean, you could you could look. You could go right off the freeway and know what I'm yeah. talking about. So well, I mean, there's a field right next to UPS. There's a farm field right next to UPS. To University Park Suites. No, so. I'm saying we're hick, we're like a hick town. No, yeah, too. that's what I was saying. I'm just saying, saying. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah I mean, our, no, yeah, I got, I got you. It's not Wayne saying. State. Like, you know, it's not going to be like Metro City yeah, area. It's, like it's going to be more in the farmland flat. So the course is flat. That's where I was getting to all this. Gosh, I'm not trying to stereotype here, people. I mean, it, it was obviously talking out the wrong way, but um, so I feel like going into this meet, um. We're, we're really going to be in a good situation of knowing the course. We're going to be down there on Friday to race it, or run it, excuse me, and before we race it on Saturday. Oh, yeah. um, so that's going to be good. We're going to be able to see what we need to do. But, I mean, a lot of these teams, I mean, Grand Valley's one of the best in the best. They're pretty much national competitors for the title every single year, and that's for obvious reason because they're one of the best. But Saginaw, Wayne State, um, and Michigan Tech are going to be fighting right up there. Wayne State's climbed up the ladder from really from fourth to second, and mm-hmm. Saginaw and Michigan Tech have been flipping and flopping. Um, Northwood's been up and down. We had a, we almost had them earlier in the year, um, and then we kind of had a, a bad race are against them three? next against Lewis. Huh? Are we three? Right. What do you mean? Like ranked in the Gleak right now? Us? Yeah. Uh, six, I believe. Six or seven. Hey, One of the two. Be, we better be three, though. So We're going to be three? Yeah, you guys are going to come out. Bull hot. prediction. We're going to come out here. Um, I would love to see that. I think we have the talent to do that. Um, I know there's a couple guys that are banged up right now on the men's side. I'm not sure about the women's side um, necessarily with the, with the injury report kind of being in the in the works still right now but I mean there's been a lot of the ladies that have done a great job as well I mean Sydney Kubiak's really led the charge for this team and there's also been some freshmen that have have really stepped up so far um, looking at their team as well like they've really had a good a good assortment of people that have really kind of stepped up in some races and then the next week it's somebody else like they've had a, a good rotation um, with like Melania Strauss and then you could bring in um, Diana Kendall as well that have kind of been able to um, and Daisy England as well well they've been able to rotate necessarily 
Um, it's kind of a weird phrase, like outside of the cross country word. But when mm-hmm. you're able to do that, when you got some people that can pick it up for one race, and then they can um, necessarily when if they have a bad race, you have somebody right there to back you up. That's what's really been for huge. Sure. And I know some some of that's been um, definitely helped me um, with some of my worst races of the season they have come the last two weeks. But I'm feeling a lot better coming up this week, so I'm ready to get back at it. But gonna be at Saginaw. We're looking for huge improvements. We're looking to shock the world. So you can make sure you can cheer us on at Saginaw. I believe tickets are on sale right now. Uh, I know it's going to be kind of chaotic because Saginaw, I believe, has their homecoming this weekend. So might be a little jam-packed. I don't know. I think they did that on purpose, though. So I'm, it'll be really interesting. But Saturday, the 23rd, check out the Bulldogs in the conference championships in the fastest conference in Division Two. Trademark. Mark that. For sure. Claim it, put it on a card. <laughs> I feel like you can. I feel like we really can. Like, I don't, like, we have the greatest division in Division Two. Can you make an argument for anybody else? Not really. I don't really, overall, like, there might be some that are better in other sports specifically, but that's not necessarily all around the most. That's where, like, we talk about the argument last, I think, last year about the best conferences. SEC has the best football. But other than that, how good really are they in some of the other sports? Not they are really getting better at basketball, great. but really. Yeah, they're, they're all right. And, like, soccer, they're pretty good. But other than that, like. Yeah, the Midwest is just consistent at everything. Yeah. That's what I feel Jack like. Jack of all trades, master of a couple. Boy, can you put that on a card? I want that yeah. one. Can you type that to me and send it with that pre-race email? Yes. All right, cool. But when we come back, NHL talk and MV3 debate, you're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned. When Brandon and I first started our podcast, we didn't know really what to do. Bulldog Radio helped us out, but the one big thing that really made us really go to the next level was Anchor.fm. If you want to start your own podcast, go through Anchor.fm. They make it so easy. They make it a one-stop shop for you to record, edit, and publish your podcast. And not only that, they publish it to a whole bunch of different platforms for you to go on. I mean, we've talked about it. You got CastBox, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just to name a few. So if you guys want to start your own podcast, go on Anchor.fm. You can make your own account, start editing, start recording, and start publishing your podcast today. We haven't talked about it on the show for a while, but NHL is back in action. The season started up just a couple days ago. Brandon, we talked about it last time when the season was going, but we haven't really gave it too much heads up. We haven't really covered preseason at all either, so Mm -mm. it's a great... No better time than the present, eh? Just hey, to get it, just to get it rolling. But brand NHL season is underway. I'm really excited for this season. We got a brand new team with the Kraken. Yep, they're doing all right. I mean, we're only two games in basically for all the teams, but nonetheless, who's kind of catching your eye so far? Uh, and kind of who's suiting your fancy for your hockey needs. Suiting my fancy? Well, the Kraken definitely aren't. No, they're a good team. Um, I mean, we're not going to see Vegas Knights 2.0. No, no chance. That team is nowhere near the caliber level of Vegas. But, hey, you never know. Crazy things have happened. But they started off I mean, no one thought that Vegas was going to go to the Stanley Cup. That is true. But, I mean, kind of, yeah. Lightning doesn't strike a bottle twice. Like, you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. Yeah. Which I mean, speaking of which, the Lightning are doing pretty well right now. I think they're starting that off two and one. I mean, you got you have to give them credit. They've really built a great team overall. I mean, you got a lot of young guys in there, um, like Braden Point, that have really done a great job of controlling that team, and I mean, really provided a spark with a lot of the veterans on the team as well. Um, but I mean, I think that would be one team that I'd be necessarily looking at. 
um, is the Lightning, just because I think they bring so much firepower on the offensive side. Um, I mean, they really they they're really good in the offensive zone. I mean, you, we just mentioned Braden Point. I mean, Kucherov is a fantastic scorer. Um, I mean, of course, everyone knows Stephen Stamkos for the run that he had a couple years for back. Sure, I mean, he sure. was absolutely lights out with the puck. Uh, but, I mean, right now with that offense, I mean, they've got to be one of the favorites. I mean, we've seen why they went to the Stanley Cup, and they've done so well just because that offense is legit, and they, they know how to put it in night after night, it For seems sure. like. And it's really hard to stop. But uh, I think that, I mean, right now I think it's I think it's crazy to think that um, the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be like a fraudulent team. Like right now, like what we saw last year with that team was nothing short of Dominance, Like, they were one of the best teams in the NHL. If Arguably, some people thought they were the best. I don't know necessarily if they're better than the Lightning, but I think the Hurricanes are a team that you can definitely look at um, and being able to really kind of... I guess they're kind of the breakout candidate. I don't really want to say they are because, like, obviously they're already good. They're not like yes. a sleeper. Like, you, you know, like fantasy football terms are not going to be that rise from the ashes, second year mayhem. But yeah. it's not going to be like that. But I think like you're going to see them near the top because they fundamentally play very good hockey. Um, Andrei Svendikov is going to, he looks like he's going to do really well. I think yeah. he's one of a breakout candidate for sure. Um, but I mean, other than that, I mean, obviously going to be watching the Red Wings, of course. I mean, why yeah. would you? But uh, I mean, right now, like, we're only two games in, so it's kind of hard. Um, I'm really interested to see how the Stars rehab, because, I mean, obviously, Seguin coming off of the surgery, how yeah. he's going to be able to come back. Um, having a lot of their some of, a lot of their team back as well is going to make it, uh, I think it's going to make it very interesting. Randolov is also coming back. So, like, just to see how they kind of respond, they kind of remind me, like, necessarily of the Golden State kind of version of the NHL. Not necessarily, like, they have a lot of big names and they have a lot of great playmaking players, um, but there a lot of them are coming off of injury. So, we don't really know yeah. what to expect. I mean, they kind of started off a little bit shaky, and but obviously two games in, you can't really make a judgment of a long season based off of the first two games so it's going to change but they're going to be ones that i'm going to be keeping my eye on i'm going to obviously see how the crack can do because i mean who wouldn't i mean especially at the expansion draft but i know you're still mad about one of the kraken's expansion picks they stole from your team um the islanders i ain't happy about it <laughs> you're still not but i don't know it's i don't I, I, i'm excited for the islanders right this year for the main reason that, like, we have guys back. Like, we'll have guys that are rehabbing. I mean, uh, Anders Lee was out for the whole... We would have definitely won uh, that Eastern Conference Final if Anders Lee was there because he's able to really get on the scorecard. And he's got a... He's, he's one of the guys who's really just our general out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's our captain. And he's able to just kind of get the guys to rally behind him. And you could see, like, even during, like, like locker rooms and before the games and stuff, he was making sure the guys were up and at it. But I think just... Missing his on-ice presence was a big thing last year, and for having him back is a great thing, especially seeing, like, like what he's been able to kind of... He seems like he's back. I mean, he's obviously nursing the injury a little bit, but hopefully just when the games get going, he'll be all right. But nonetheless, I'm really hoping that they are able to do something. I mean, they're 0-2 right now, so they're not looking great, but it could be worse. Like, we could be 0-2 and, and we could have people injured and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think there's guys who are really starting to come to fruition and that's going to come in pretty soon. But, I mean, we didn't really hit our stride till midseason anyways. 
last season and a couple seasons before. So I'd rather hit a midseason stride and keep that going throughout the throughout the later part of the season rather than start hot and kind of peter out. So that's one thing that I'm kind of looking forward. But another team that I am looking forward to a lot is uh, the Canadians and what mm-hmm. they're able to do because they've been having some success for the past couple of years. For yeah, the, I'd say that. I want to say handful of years, maybe like one or two. I mean, they were able to do something really well. They got Cole Caulfield, who's coming off a crazy postseason, who's going to be doing some great stuff for them, I think, this year. And, I mean, they've been in games so far pretty close. I mean, two out of their – I'd say three out of their five that they've played so far, including Priest. Mm-hmm. Including their, like their last two preseason games, they haven't been playing too. I mean, they're zero and three right now, but I mean, they got the Sharks coming up in the Hurricanes, which is going to be a pretty good test. And then I think when they play the Red Wings coming up this Saturday, it's going to be it's going to be a tough test for the Red Wings there. But that's one thing too I would like to bring up is how good the, I think the Red Wings are going to be a lot better. We got some our some of our prospects coming back up. Uh, you know, they're playing a little bit better. Tyler Bertuzzi was playing out of his mind the cool. other day with four goals. Lights out. And he was—he just seems like a new player because he's able to stick handle and get around guys, and he just seems a lot better. And I mean, Dylan Larkin, our captain, I think it's going to be a great situation for us. But it's just going to be how we're able to, you know, deal with. We're still early in the rebuilding process. I don't think we're anywhere close to getting back to like playoff, like playoff contenders every for the next like five years or so type form but I think we're definitely going to be able to be at a spot where it's going to be a culture change and it's going to be it's going to be a culture change among fans it's going to be a culture change among the organization and it's going to be a culture change among the players and that's the one thing that I'm super excited for is because I would love to go to little LCA and just kind of see a whole brand new look team because they got Mort Sider coming up who already scored and he's been looking pretty good he was a guy on the Griffins who was a man amongst boys basically mm-hmm. I mean he's a 6'4 defenseman who can score and he who can who can move around the puck yeah, he, he can, can really, dish it too. He's, he's done a, a great he's job a, of dishing a, it. He's a very versatile uh, um, defenseman, and I mean, we got Stahl too, who's on the team now, who's bringing a very, very much needed uh, veteran uh, mindset and a veteran uh, play style to the game. To some of these young guys who are coming up, who I think that's going to be very good for. And then you got Dylan Larkin as well, who's named the captain. Had a very touching ceremony when uh, uh, with Zetterberg and Lidstrom coming back, which I'm super excited for. Uh, Especially for you know we've had some some rough go of it the past couple of years ever since uh, we entered this rebuilding period and we've been the last place team in the league and we've been so bad in the league so far. But regardless, I'm super excited for this NHL season. It's early, but nonetheless, we got so much hockey to go and I'm super excited. Yeah, I mean the Wings right now. I mean it was it's really kind of one of those teams where you're like, the we there's a lot of potential here. But you're not going to get too high on the horse yet, like you just mentioned. Like We're still in the rebuild phase. I think Stevie Wine knows what this team needs to do. Uh, I mean, we got Blaschel really kind of pulling the strings and really kind of getting the team that he wants. And you, I think that was one yeah. of the things last year that was like, I don't want to say like we had too many like average Joes. That's kind of what yeah. We had too many average. I shows. feel like that's what it was. I we mean, I don't. Really I think w- we had we had good players, but we just didn't play well together. Yeah, I feel like, like there was too many. Like we need veteran presence well, I mean, with the young guys, well, here's the thing. not just a bunch of like average regular guys. Here's the thing: you look at it. I mean, Thomas Grice did not play as 
like when he was on the True. Islanders before he got traded, he was playing lights out. Him yep. and Varlamov were playing just one, two punches. We were pl- like they were playing yeah, brick insane wall. brick walls. Yeah, and then he comes to Red the Red Wings. I think it's also because our defense is not the same. They aren't as good as cutting off those angles and stuff yes, like that. I agree. But with you that. know his first game in, I think it's he lets in four goals or so, which isn't the greatest. But I mean he's he was. Play not up to his potential. I think he's going to be able to tap into that potential a little bit more. I mean, Fabria is playing better. He's kind of starting off pretty hot. I mean, you got, uh, like I already said, Mort Sider. I mean, Philip Zadina, who was one of our main goal scorers and kind of offensive presences uh, last year, and he's kind of been uh, one, of, one of the new guys on the block, which I'm pretty excited for. And there's just a lot of guys on the team that, I mean, Giovanni Smith, too, one of our enforcers. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see him play as well. Uh, but I'm excited. Like I said, I'm so excited to go down to LCA, catch a couple Red Wings games, be able to experience that atmosphere again. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. There's gonna be a culture change, and it's gonna be, be some new, new type hockey coming, coming to, coming to hockey town. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi, what four goals? What are I you mean, talking about what? He's playing out of his mind. Is that the right? Is that the same guy? Is this a breakout candidate? I think you could probably say he is. I mean, right now, like, I, uh, I mean, he played all right last year. I think there was definitely room for improvement. Um, but I think, like, as far, like, we're looking for a lot of the star talent so badly. When you see a guy like Bertuzzi do what he did the first night, you're like, yes, finally, we're back. This is yeah. Wings hockey. Let's go. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's it's, slow down a little bit. That first game was, so like, the defensive game plans were thrown in the garbage or they were run over by the Zamboni. It was bad. Like, the, like nobody could stop anybody. There was so many miss, like, I mean, power play kill was basically non-existent. It was, it was yeah. just absolutely shot fest on power plays. And I think, like, you look at that and then it obviously got it got more back into reality last week um, when we played, um, I believe, the excuse me. <coughs> excuse Canuck? Me. Um, yes, the Canucks. Excuse me. I'm like coughing no right. I'm like I'm about to cough right now. Get, it's okay. Yeah, I get that too. So, um, but, but one thing too about that is like, I don't know. It's just a. It's good to see because like there's obvious spots where we need to improve on. But I just like where we're at because, and that's the one thing too. Like, I think for the fans' perspective and stuff, like we see like what we need and and all that, and that's like. Well, we just need to get like this person, or we just need to get you know uh, a solid offensive score, or a or a or a player who can really change our penalty kill approach and stuff like that. But it just is a different look at it when you have to go to like through the front office type deal, and you got to look at that stuff. And I think we're in such great hands with Stevie Stevie Y because he was able to build that Lightning team to where they are today. He's I think. He, we're seeing signs of a of a Red Wings team who can get back to that to that 25 year playoff streak. I don't think we'll beat that playoff streak by any means, but we'll be able to probably maybe get back up to that potential again. And I think that's going to be one. That's just something that a lot of Detroit fans in general. It doesn't matter if you're a hockey fan, but if you're from Michigan and you're a Detroit sports fan, that's something that you really got to look forward to. Because we're going to see the Red Wings back to that back to that playoff team type form pretty soon, in my opinion. Yeah, I think like. When you look at this team, they're not all average Joes anymore, and that's what I'm like excited yeah. about. Is we they're, have they're starting to be the veterans. Yeah, you know? we're, we're we got a lot of the the veteran guys. I mean, you just mentioned Mark Stahl. I mean, he's really the um, he's he's kind of the quarterback yeah, of that been defensive the, line. He's been around the league. He's been yep. able to play th- under a lot of coaches and a lot of different systems. And I think that's one really good thing is he's going to be able to adapt really well, and he's going to be able to show these guys that. Hey, like you can't always play the way you want it to. If you want to have longevity in this league, and if you want to succeed and have a good career, 
It's going to be adapting and being a coachable player, and I think that's one thing that he's going to really bring to the table. Yeah, and what a better – I mean, I'm I've obviously what a better veteran presence for somebody to look up to for guys like Moritz Snyder. Like, though, you have those guys that have been in the league. They know – they've been in multiple systems. They know how to play the game to the best of their ability with the team in that time because, I mean, we've seen a lot of, a lot of these guys – like, there's been a lot of players, like, that have gotten – been on the same team for so long and then when they go to another squad like they just seem to kind of struggle it seems like in that system like I yeah. think Zidane Chara is one that I would probably put I mean he's for your Islanders he's back on right the Islanders, baby. Yeah. yeah I mean he wasn't necessarily like legitimate he wasn't, an insane, he wasn't an insane player the last couple of years. Yeah, but like he's he still used to a, be with Boston. He's still a guy that will be able to lead the team and, and get things that are like do some things that not a lot of players can do just because he has the experience and just right. because he has, you know, the calm and the ability to do th- do stuff when it really comes down to the line because he's been in the league for so many times and because he's been put in those high-pressure situations because he's been to the Stanley Cup Finals so much. I think that's one thing, too, that's going to be that, like, a lot of people don't really realize is a lot of how much value these older players bring to the team. Yeah, I th- like it's going to take some time for some of these guys to really gel it up. Yeah, and I mean we've already seen like guys like Mark Stahl that have already felt like they're kind of like, wait, what did they did he play last year? Like, whoa, like we're starting to we're starting to really figure this out. So I think when we get like we're going to settle in the lines, we're still we're still figuring out the lines yeah. are still fluid at this point. We're not going to know one two like. Yeah. in chalk yet. Yeah, it's only been three games. Right, so, so you're going to see some changes. I mean, hey, we might see Sutter and Saul in the same line. You never know. Like, there's a lot of different options Jeff Blaschel can do. So, I mean, it's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to this year. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of upside with this team. I think we're kind of floating around the, the 20 to 23 range as far as, like, you could say power rankings go. Um, so we're not last, if that tells you anything, like the, the Lions, but we don't have to say that. Um, but I think you still have a lot to look forward to with this team there's a lot of young firepower i mean we just mentioned um like we're going to have a lot uh, to look forward to with these young guys lucas raymond we haven't even mentioned yet i mean him getting yeah. pulled up has definitely been a little bit of a, a fan favorite so far i mean I, i'm really excited i mean i mean fan favorite like cider throwing that throwing that punch already in game one i think that already sells like yeah he's he's fitting right in yeah, he's, 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 he's part he's of crew he's, <laughs> ad- he's adopting that detroit versus everybody type mindset which, i love it hey it's on the back of my laptop on it a sticker. Is. love to see it i love it I, that is a cool sticker whoever thought of that detroit versus everybody i hope they trademarked it you know how much money Hopefully. they'd make i feel like it was like well didn't it start to happen during like the detroit bad boys type area or era yeah, oh, some, sometime. I think that's, it was sometime that's when, after. Like, everybody, that's like when the actual like Detroit versus everybody like attitude because everybody hated the bad boys except for Detroit fans. Exactly. So it was like we were versus everybody, but Detroit versus everybody. I like that you brought up more cider because that kind of brings us in to the MV3 debate. Which we're gonna be talking about the who we think are the top three up and coming. I wouldn't say prospects, rookies and like players like within like their kind of like third, fourth, fifth year young so guys. far. Yeah. yeah, young guys in the league that are going to be making a big impact for their team. So I guess I'll go first. Okay. I am going to be picking uh, Trevor Zegers, rookie for the Anaheim okay. Ducks. Uh, he has insane hands. He you know just plays absolutely like he just had. I don't know. The way he is able to handle the puck and just keep it, just seems like he has it on a string. Anytime he touches it, it's always electric. He was taken ninth overall, 
Last season, he had only like just over 20 games, I think. But he registered 13, so he made some pretty good impact in a short amount of time. So he's still going to be a rookie coming in this year. But I think over time, as the season goes along, he's going to make a huge impact. And that's one thing that I'm super looking forward to watching him because he's going to kind of propel this Anaheim Ducks team to where they need to be to to make it uh, farther in the season. Yeah, I think he's definitely one that if you are necessarily trying to follow hockey and like start to get into a little bit that's a name that you probably want to know cuz he's definitely in that circle of like yeah he could be the next he could be the next next best thing since sliced bread yeah. when it comes to hockey i would say was it that well i think the closest thing to that would have been when we had um Connor McDavid coming up would have really been what it was yeah i I'd I'd, say so it'd be hard to say not not him but hey he's still a good player yeah Ligris is yeah McDavid we know is good McDavid doesn't count by the by the way right no, because McDavid's Darn. like on his like. No, yeah, he's he's McDavid's only, a, a veteran. Yeah, like I would not, consider uh, him a veteran by now. But I mean, he's still younger. I mean, he's, he's only twenty four, twenty five. So and he's still like in his prime. But he's already established like his effect on his team already. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's already like, he's already established the main himself. Guy. It's it's pretty obvious in the NHL world. He's established himself. He's probably the number one player for in the world for a reason. Uh, number three on my list. Uh, I'm gonna pick a New Jersey Devil, which is ironic um, since I'm a Christian. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take Jack Hughes. Uh, I think he's gonna. He, I think he's gonna be a good uh, in a good shape for a good campaign this year. I mean, he's really kind of been a key asset to this this Devils team when he came on in 2019. I mean, he's done a. I think he's done like an all right job. Uh, he definitely struggled his first season. I mean, his rookie year up in the Big Show was not great. Um, last year he showed some. He showed some flashes. He showed that a little bit of improvement. Um, he's definitely overall improved himself as a player. His floor definitely went up. Uh, but I think this year. I think this year is the year he could probably put it together. I really think that. He could be one of those guys. I mean, he's got a killer slap shot. He's really crafty with the puck as far as deeks and movement, um, dangles, as you would say in the hockey term. But, uh, I mean, he scored two goals already in his first appearance. Uh, that's a pretty solid argument to go on. But uh, I think there's definitely I think there's definitely some hype around Jack Hughes, and I'll take him at number three. For sure. That's a that's a solid pick. I mean, he had a... He didn't have, like, the greatest season last year no, or anything. he's not, But like, I think now that he's, like kind of figure it out a little bit and he's adjusted I mean he's played good so far this whole season I think he's got a goal and he's got a couple couple of points so far so it's good for him I think my second yeah. one he's definitely a breakout candidate yeah definitely a breakout candidate my second one I already talked about him already I'm gonna go Mort Sider Red Ooh, Wings okay yeah okay. our guy I don't I'm gonna tell you why when I saw him play in Grand Rapids a couple I think I saw him like four or five times he was a huge body that I was not expecting him to have the handle and the and the delicacy with the puck that he does have and his ability to open the open the ice up with his passing. He has good speed. He has good and he has solid ability to you know go on the offensive when need be. But he's also a, a very commanding body one when he needs to be on the defensive side. Because, I mean, we already saw he threw punch already. He's going to be establishing himself as the enforcer. He's just a good guy to have on the team. And, I mean, especially with him being a rookie, he's moldable. He's able to be coached well. And he has the guys around him that will make him a very good player. And I think this year he's going to have a good breakout season. For a defenseman, he's not going to put up crazy goals like like those offensive players are that we saw last year. But 
but he's not going to be one of the defensemen kind of rookies that are just going to be there to you know be a body and to be able to just block shots. He's going to be able to do it all, and he's he's a solid defenseman, uh, especially at age twenty. That's going to be a breakout player. Good pick. I'm going to take him as well as number at number two. I think solid. he's definitely a guy that you can put in that spot. I mean, right now, I mean, he's already put up three assists in his first two games. I mean, that's not that's something that you can definitely take a note of. He's been great with distribution, like we mentioned earlier, and I mean, for only being twenty years old and really putting himself in the position on the D-line that he's been able to do has really kind of taken, like, really turned some heads. Like, he's necessarily not showing some of those those rookie slumps so far. I mean, yeah, he's only played two games, but you see a lot of rookies. Once you get on the big show ice and you got all the videography, like, on the ice, the heat of the moment, the fans, like, some guys freeze up, and we've seen that before with a lot of guys. And, like, sometimes, like, when you look at some of these, like, draft picks like some necessarily they want to go back to college because they don't feel they're ready yet not all of them of course but there's some that don't feel they're ready yet and I mean just the fact he's come in in a great situation and has a lot of great veterans around him I think makes it such a good argument for him to be like at breakout young guy to watch is because like I mean he has the ability to make plays we've seen that already in two games what he can do the rest of the way makes it even better and the fan base is behind him I think that's the biggest part in this rebuild is that everybody is behind him they're rooting for him not against him he's been a great chemistry guy within the team and I think that can definitely push him forward and really make a note of himself regardless how the wings do I think he's got to be one of the guys you're looking at on the TV on ESPN because he's definitely one of those guys that can make plays and especially from the defense line that's what you want from a young guy for sure for yeah for sure I got I I mean, yeah, I picked the guy too, so you got to agree with it. You yeah, know? you know, so, I mean, a great minds think alike, you know? Yeah, for oh, sure. for sure. Yeah. My number one, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are expecting this because it's kind of a kind of an easy one to choose. Cole Caulfield, mm-hmm. he played absolutely insane last year. As a rookie who stepped up to play on a team that wasn't expected to make the Stanley Cup final and then to go play it and then to play well in it. I mean, he had a couple of points. He had shots on goals. He did his job. And to especially have, like, the mismatch of that uh, type of like atmosphere. I mean, Montreal, Can- Canada, Canada, Canada didn't allow any fans to be. It was like maybe 500 like medical workers, mm-hmm. and then for them to travel and play five games at or was it five games or four? I can't remember. It was. I can't remember. Uh, it was a weird type situation. Four games in in uh, Tampa, or sorry, three games in Tampa in a packed house. That's just crazy. And he was able to perform when they played in Tampa, which was really great to see. And I think now once he has that situ- once he has now the whole year to play and he has a, the ability to kind of get better, he's already seen the best of the best competition. He's played mm-hmm. in the playoffs in the NHL as a rookie and he's performed. Now he's in the regular season. He's going to be playing the teams that you know are a little bit lower. He's going to be able to have those breakout games where he'll maybe score one, two, three goals a game. He'll have it where he'll get a couple points. He'll get on the score sheet. I think he's going to really light it up in the – Excuse me. In the goal scoring column, he's going to do a really good job of sharing the puck and getting a lot of assists. His points is going to be great. His plus minus is going to be really well. It's going to do really well. And I think he's just going to be a guy to really watch out for because I think he's he has a potential to be rookie of the year this year. Yeah. I think it's his to lose. Yeah, I really think that he's definitely a guy that you can put on there. And I mean, I think he would definitely make my top five list if we made it to five instead of three. But, you know, of course, MV3. Um, so he'd definitely be in my honorable mention. I think. I honestly, like, just being completely transparent, I would have definitely put him in my list if I feel like everybody on, like, 
every NHL circle would pick like has picked him, which yeah. is fine. And I just want to be a little different, you know. Yeah, but, but I mean, you don't want to be the consensus, right? I mean, yeah. we don't we don't all want to pick. You want to be the outlier? Yeah, we don't want to pick Bryce Young in our top three. Like, yeah, I had to make him too because you got to shake it up. You want to make you want to yeah. draw some yeah, attention, yeah, yeah. you know. So, um, he, spoiler alert. Caulfield's not my number one shocker, I know, but um, I would definitely put him in this list necessarily if he wasn't necessary. I just don't want him to get overhyped, you know, because we've seen a lot of overhyped players. I mean, Jack, yeah. Jack Hughes might honestly be fit in that category, so I don't know about that pick. <laughs> but anyway, um, my number one, um, I'm going to pick a little bit of an older guy. I, I mean, he's not necessarily McDavid old. He's kind of getting up there, but I think he still has a good chance to establish himself. And that's Matthew Kachuk. I think really he's a guy that you can look at and really start to be in the position of, all right, what is he going to be able to do for Calgary? And this, this is like in the position of his career where he's like, this is kind of a breakout or done, but you're kind of seeing that progression slowly going upward. I mean, he was fantastic in his first year. I mean, he had, thir- I think, had 13 goals in his 76 yeah. games. I mean, he was great, um, but he was an even better distributor that time. But um, what he's been able to do physically is something that I've really, really liked seeing from him. I mean, he's been an enforcer. I mean, he, like he's one of those guys where you kind of like, ooh, I got to watch out. This guy's going to lay me on the deck, you know? So, I mean, he had 132 hits last year. And I think he's a guy that you can definitely see as really shaping up the young hockey, like, necessarily um, dynamic moving forward just because of that, that size and the speed. I think you can make the argument for him. Um, I, th- I really like what he can bring to Calgary. I think with that offense, you can definitely make an argument he's going to have a lot of opportunities. Yeah. So I think that he can definitely be up there, and that's why he's 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 a player that I really, really like watching, and yeah. that's really the only reason I have him over that's at Sabre a, right now. That's a great pick, honestly, because he is not like one of the, the brand newcomers on the on the block. I mean, he was no, drafted but he's in 2016, young. but he is a young guy. It's a It's a, you know, of organization who's on the tail end of a rebuild who could mm-hmm. really do something well. They didn't have the greatest seasons like the past two or three years, but oh, they've no. been starting to really, like I said, go up on the up uh, up on the upturn of of this uh, rebuild process. And I mean, he's a guy who's very physical. Yes. He loves starting fights. I mean, he lives rent free in uh, uh, Kopitar's head basically, yes. and that's one thing I love to see. He's not afraid to lay out his body. He's really good at being able to open up the open up the ice, and he's able to. Put it, put it up way in the net when need be. But that's my favorite thing is that he just lives absolutely rent free in Kopitar's <laughs> head. But yeah, that's a great pick. He's a, he's a guy that I really want to watch out for, and he's gonna especially to see what Calgary does this year. I think that's gonna be he's gonna be one of the main main benefactors and one of the main reasons why they're gonna be really why they'd be really good this year. Yeah, I think we've all made great picks, and there's so there's so many more that really haven't even, we haven't even scratched the surface with, and it kind of stinks we only have three. But, of course, it's the MV3, and you can't change that. But it's, sure. it's going to be fun. Great, ho- great hockey season coming up. NHL and Fair State, of course, will be in action this weekend at uh, um, St. Thomas, Thomas. So you can check that out as well. Hey, little Fair State plug. Also, forgot to mention, I hope that they're still listening to the podcast. I don't know if we mentioned Nikki May got – uh, Gliak Player of the Week as well for soccer. I think oh, we yeah, might have missed sure. that. We so yeah, I think make we, sure we slip that in there because she deserves it. That one. And if you want to hear more about who wins Player of the Week, all the game updates, you got to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You got to. You have to. You it's gotta. only given. And if you want to vote for what we have on the show, make sure that also you follow, follow us. us on Twitter because and Instagram. So follow our stories. Make sure you find the question stories. And reply to them. We've had we had replies for this episode, and we got to plug in some of them. So there you go. If you want to hear something specific on the show, don't hesitate. 
let us know because we will certainly discuss it if you would like it. But for thank you sure. so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and follow. And if there's somebody out there that we should partner with, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a coach, whether it's a um, maybe a, um, somebody else within the Ferris State Athletics world, maybe even a, like somebody else on the outside, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, we're up to having people in the booth. So if they want us and you want them there, let us know and we'll get them in there. For sure. Until next time. Take care, everybody.